Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. July is underway and it's a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals ending and Major League Baseball heading into the second half of the season, there's plenty of betting action to get involved in. If you're a football better, there's tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head over to betonline.ag or use the mobile app and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What up, Pizza Kid Welcome back to the program. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Sky Guasco, for another episode of the TCK Pod. Today, I have a very special guest to help me break down the NFC West team preview for the San Francisco 49ers. If you've been listening to the show for, I mean, since 2018 when I started it, you know that I'm not shy about my Niner fandom. However, I hope you realize now that I like to, uh, keep my Niner faithful-ism to the side when we're talking fantasy football. But today, I'm going to nerd out a little bit and geek out with a fellow 49er faithful. My man, Raj Mawani, coming on the program in just a second here. He runs the Instagram page for our SF49ers. Go check him out. It's an incredible source for everything 49ers, and he gets uh, the inside scoop for you. So make sure you go check him out on Instagram. And today we are breaking down again the fantasy football implications for the San Francisco 49ers. Without any further ado, let's bring in my man Raj. This is episode 413 of the TCK pod and first time on the program. Raj Mawani, how you doing, brother? It's really good to have you on finally, man. Good to be here. First time for everything. This is probably not going to be the last time, but yeah, Niners are my passion. I've been a Niner fan since I was a young little kid growing up because my dad wouldn't let me have it other way, any other way. <laughs> or I picked out the house, so I didn't didn't want that. Um, but yeah, man, I love the Niners. I've been covering this team since 2013 on social media, like you said, Instagram. I have a Twitter. Um, starting a YouTube. I mean, at first, I never thought this would ever go crazy as it is, but it's it's a big page, man. 133k on Instagram. Um, love the community. Love the Niner fans. And just try to cover this team as much as I can. And uh, you know, as it's gotten bigger, I'm starting to realize like I could make this a multimedia company, but We'll see how that goes as the months go by. But I'm just excited that training camp is around the corner. 49er football is around the corner. And, uh, yeah, football's in the air, man. I'm excited. It's about time, man. And I, I hope uh, the 49ers can stay healthy, of course, and uh, hopefully make another run at the ship as we did in 2019. And, uh, you know, my podcast here, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, is, as I'm sure you could put together, Raj, directly named after mm-hmm. Candlestick Park, which, of course, for the uh, the OG faithful is the uh, original – or no, not the original. Keysar Stadium is the original for the 49ers, but Candlestick Park um, before they moved down to Santa Clara. So uh, I got the, uh, the 49er right there in the team name. All right, man. Well, we're going to continue our series. Yeah. We've had a lot of team breakdowns already, and I was very excited to uh, have you bring on um, you know, your knowledge because, again, you're, you're tapped into the 49ers definitely more so than I am. Um, and I love to hear 
the the fantasy implications for sure, but people that are tapped in with the team a little extra and you happen to be a fan, it's just you you learn more, you post more, you uh, absorb more about the team, which helps us not only in fantasy football, but in general football as well. So before we even get started here, um, and I know you, you make tons of posts all day long, so for anybody not following you yet, is there anything recently, let's say the last week or so, Something that came out of Ninerland um, that was surprising to you. Maybe it has to do with you know Jimmy and Trey, or one of the running backs, or the health of the running backs. Maybe something on the defensive side. Um, you know, we've of course the Richard Sherman situation. You had a really uh, heartfelt post on that, which I appreciated. I want to kind of stay away from that on this show, yeah, but yeah, anything else um, from Ninerland that uh, I don't know just kind of got the blood boiling a little extra because we're only about a month out here. Honestly, it's been kind of quiet. This is peak off-season, as I call it, where there's really the dead time. There's nothing to report about. You kind of get to get creative on your social medias where you're, like, trying to dig for posts. You look for that off-season content. Maybe a player will comment on an NFL post, and you use that. So it's really hasn't been much, and it's kind of good for the Niners. There hasn't been any news, really, which is no good. No news is good news. <laughs> yeah, no news is good news. Like you said earlier, you hit the nail on the head is, Injuries, injuries, injuries. If we can't stay healthy, this doesn't matter how good a team we have on paper and all the talent and everything. We got to stay healthy because they've been marred by injuries so bad over the last couple yeah. of years, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's funny because I love how you said it's the Candlestick Kid. You know, I love the name of the the, the podcast. But ever since we left Candlestick, it's kind of like it's been a curse. That's what people say: the Candlestick Curse. I'm with, hey. low key starting to feel like that, man, bro. And we I- need to change this around. 2019, they started to, but injuries man i every single time and i'm i'm not gonna lie man i'm kind of bitter you know rams fans are still bitter that they left st louis a lot of raider fans you know we're bay area a lot of raider fans are still bitter that they went to vegas um i every time i refer to santa clara and for anybody that's not from california and doesn't know i call it fake san francisco every single time because it's not where the niners are from (laughs) it's fake san francisco and we still call them the san francisco 49ers but they play in santa clara which is south and it's just like for me growing up as a bay kid going to giants games niner games um into the complex the a's warriors uh raiders all that stuff it's just not the same so i i i feel you my pop warner football team actually played a uh a championship game at Kizar Stadium, which is their original back in the 40s. Um, and it looks like a rundown like high school football field nowadays, but uh, pretty incredible. So, all right, man. Well, it yeah. is off season, but the fantasy football never stops, especially in dynasty leagues. So let's jump into this, man. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Um, of course, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has been effective, helped us get to a Super Bowl. If he doesn't overthrow Emmanuel Sanders, we beat the Chiefs and uh, and Patrick Mahomes doesn't get half a billion dollars. We know that. Uh, but unfortunately, the throw wasn't made, gave up the lead. The rest is history. But just like the rest of this team, man, can't stay healthy, unfortunately. So we sell the farm. We bring in Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Um, pretty raw prospect, but everything looks good on film. Kyle Shanahan's in love with this kid. These guys are both going late QB2s. They're Jimmy is kind of a draft him for the first six weeks and see if he sticks around. Trey Lance is like basically dynasty or bust right now in fantasy because you're not really going to take the chance that late in, in redraft. But how are you feeling about both of these quarterbacks here for fantasy football? And for fantasy purposes, are you drafting either one of them? And if so, who? Not in dynasty because it's obviously Trey Lance, but redraft. Would you draft either one of these guys? And if so, who? Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head on that. It's basically, you know, you draft Jimmy on a flyer 
for the first couple of weeks. You see if you stick to the wall, and then you go from there. Lance, definitely dynasty. I don't think you really draft one of these guys because I don't know if they're going to have huge value. Not that, nothing against him, but, you know, Jimmy's not necessarily the biggest fantasy quarterback to have. He's going to win games. He's going to put this team in position. I feel that he's going to start um, for the most of the – probably the most season. I don't see Trey getting in there maybe towards the end of the season unless there's injury because they got, you know, a lot of money due to Jimmy. I know Kyle thinks they could win with them still, squeeze out one more year out of them, let Trey develop, unless he's, like, killing it and he leaves no comes by and it's like, okay, we have to start him. But I just don't think they're going to rush him. He's 21 years old. No need to rush him, so I don't think his value in a fantasy league is is there right now. Unless Jimmy gets hurt, you might you gotta make sure you have this guy and and you roll with him. So in a, in a draft, it's it's hard to predict those injuries. So I think you don't really need to necessarily take these guys. Maybe late round, you know, take a flyer on them at the end. Um, but the one thing I will say about Jimmy is the way he's kind of come into cap is he's kind of coming in with a different. Um, mentality because before looking over his shoulder he looked behind him nick mullen cj Beathard. those guys really aren't going to push him he didn't really have a lot of motivation because even if you laid an egg out there still going to start he's better than those guys so now he's looking behind his shoulder he's like holy crap okay this guy trey <laughs> he's going to come for my job eventually hopefully not sooner uh or hopefully later rather than sooner but this is pushing him competition breeds success joe staley said it. a That's couple right. people have said it around the building you know it, it's pushing jimmy to do better so i think he'll probably have his career season but in terms of fantasy it's not going to be a like remarkable fantasy so there's a lot of players you can get ahead of them that you know will put up better numbers and again the numbers are with shanahan traditionally a run first team yep. so i don't see a lot of value in, in Jimmy. so you can get them as a late run sleeper, but nothing huge on them yeah i agree um let's talk quickly and and i'll I don't want to digress too much out of fantasy world, but because I got you on, and again, you're more than just a, a fantasy guy, you're a, a 49er guy too. Um, I want to kind of dive this in because I've talked to about the schedule and when Trey Lance might come in if Jimmy's healthy, because obviously if he's hurt, Trey Lance comes in. If Jimmy's healthy though, does he just play the full season? Is he out at the bye week? Whatever. So Raj, really quick before we move on to the running backs, I want to kind of blast through their schedule. Uh, give me a quick, you know, just prediction, like how many they might win and lose. And then when you might think would be a good break for Jimmy. So their bye week is in week six. To me, this is like could not be a better time for a bye week with this particular yeah. – if it was week 13 or something, you'd almost have to force it. Um, but they got the Lions and Jared Goff, who they know very well on a new team. At Philadelphia, they got the Packers, who may or may not have Rodgers. They got the Seahawks. That's always a dogfight, obviously. And then the Cardinals in Arizona. And the Cardinals have improved – clearly as well. And then you have the bye week. So if the Niners, I think it's realistic. If it, Let's say Aaron Rodgers plays. Let's say they, just to be, I don't know. Let's say they lose to the Packers, lose to the, the Seahawks. They're still going to beat the Lions, Eagles, and Cardinals, in my opinion. Worst case, they're 3-2. and two. They could be 4-1, and one, even 5-0. and oh. If they're above 500 after the bye week, they get the Colts, the Bears, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Jack. I mean, a couple of playoff teams there. You think that they would make that switch if they're above 500 and go with Trey, or are they going to ride Jimmy until he either can't produce or he gets injured? And that's the that's the question everybody wants to know. And I I definitely think if they're struggling and they need to change it up, you you put in Trey after the bye. But here's the thing, because you can't. I don't think you start Trey initially because a lot of people are saying Trey's going to win the cap battle. He's going to start week one. You don't because now that puts Jimmy in a weird position where. If Trey's struggling or he gets hurt and you put in Jimmy, he's mentally going to be like checked out. Like, yeah, you guys didn't want me to start. You have right. to start Jimmy. 
because you got to boost up his trade value at the end of the day because you're going to get rid of him next season after this. You need to make sure you have some value to get it, something out of him. Now, the other issue is the back, the third-string quarterback, right? Sudfeld or Rosen, that's the battle. I don't think they're going to carry three quarterbacks. I know a lot of people do. I think they're going to go with Jimmy and Trey, and then Sutton and Rosen, maybe one of them's on the practice squad. Whoever you have to pull up is your backup at that point. Now, this is where I see the issue is once you put Trey in the lineup, the starting lineup, you can't take him out. You don't look back. You have to keep him in the lineup. People don't realize that because people are like, oh, you could just have Jimmy as the backup. It doesn't work that way. Once Trey's in, there's no look back. This is your future of the franchise. So they have to make this decision right. I think if they were to do it and he does come in in some type of midseason, you're right. Maybe after the bye, maybe week nine. I think week nine is probably the perfect spot. And it all depends on how Jimmy's doing, how his health is doing. If he's kind of funky, the team's like borderline 500, and they're like, maybe we need a sparkless roll it. That's where I think they go. Because at that point, you don't take Jimmy out. Or you don't take Trey out, you know. Um, uh, but like I said, so once you have him in, you don't look back. So I honestly think it's going to be maybe a week or two after the bye, depending on how Jimmy is. But they, they don't need to rush this, you know. As long as Jimmy's winning and – even if he's mediocre and, and they're winning games because of their defense and their 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 line, which has improved, their O-line has really improved. It's going to help their run game. There's no need to force Trey in there. He's going to get there eventually. He's a rookie, third round, you know, number three pick. They traded the farm from. They know he's going to get in there, but he has to be ready in Jana and I. And I don't think they need to force that. And I think fans want him in there more than yeah. anything. Of course, I would love to see him. But there's no need to force him because you don't need to create that controversy the players stand behind Jimmy until they feel that Jimmy is not making enough out there, you know, and maybe week nine, but I honestly think they're going to roll the season. Too. Yeah. And uh, it's been, it is interesting because we saw what happened with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami mm-hmm. last year. And the, and the team was just kind of discombobulated and they had a really good squad with the Patriots not being the Patriots. They had a chance to, to really make a run. And they just couldn't commit to Tua, and then he made a mistake. They took him out. They put Fitz back in. Fitz make a mistake. They put Tua back in, and you know the rest of the team was just kind of like, "What the hell's going on here?" You know, like let's commit and go forward. And they couldn't do that. It was a little bit sloppy. So I agree with you. The Niners can't do that. Um, Trey Lance, of course, the number three overall pick, so he's got that draft capital of like he's got to play ASAP when he's ready. But he's still pretty raw. And Jimmy Garoppolo missed twenty three games over his last three seasons. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, man. Let's move on to the running backs, and this I is another. Really, oh yeah, please. One thing I want to. One thing I do want to. Sorry, sorry. Uh, one thing I want to add, and you're right. The Tua is pretty much what I was getting at in that scenario, because mentally you don't want to ruin Trey. Um, but the thing is, again, with with this whole situation, is that there's no rush on 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 Trey Lance because you're right with um, the quarterback situation in in the 49ers. They got to make sure that they don't create any divert you know any tension because this team is built on family first there's, there's a lot of chemistry between players um and again you don't want to create that controversy on the team i think trey eventually will start and i think they're going to mix them in the game you know there's going to be some times in in certain games where they mix them in and they start to build that chemistry but as far as starting i don't think they're going to do that until they he's ready and again when he goes in on those spot situations you're going to say okay he looks good now we'll increase him give him a few more reps but you're right with the whole Tua situation Man, that was not good for a mentally. You start him, you pull him out. I just was not. We don't need that. I totally agree. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to the running backs, man. Another sticky situation with the 49ers. And the re- receivers are a little bit messy as well. So let's get into it here for fantasy purposes. So Raheem mm-hmm. Mostert, of course, uh, Trey Sermon, who they draft traded up to get in the third round. 
Eliza Mitchell, who they bring out as well, and Wayne Goleman. And let's not forget about my boy Jeff Wilson and Jermichael Hasty also as well. So, I mean, it is a full room and not for fantasy purposes, but Kyle Juszczyk is there as well, who is the you know, the Swiss Army knife, if you will, of the, the offense. So they are stacked clearly um, in the running back room there. Uh, somebody's going to have to be cut or let go or practice squad or something because they just have too many, but we're not quite there yet. So right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, again, you're pretty you're dialed in more than I am. Raheem Oster seems to be the starter. Trey Sermon, though, on his heels. But Raheem Oster is still kind of nursing a knee. Jeff Wilson's out for probably half the season, and Eliza Mitchell's just kind of be going to be a utility guy. Wayne Goldman and, and Hasey are going to be the backups. Um, Raheem Moser right now going as the ECR running back 27, ADP 32. Trey Sermon right behind him at ECR 40 and ADP 30. So he's actually going ahead of Raheem Moser in drafts uh, in the public. How do you feel about Raheem Moser and Trey Sermon? And again, you're on the clock in fantasy. Are you going to take – Raheem Mostert because he will be the starter, assuming healthy, or are you going to pass on him and take Sermon and then just wait it out instead? Honestly, I would roll with Sermon more than Mostert, and it's nothing against Mostert. I love Mostert. You're right. He's nursing a little bit of injury. That's his issue. Again, injury, we've talked about it a lot already. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and I love the guy. He's not a guy that needs 15, 20 carries. You give him, he's that home run hitter, 10 carries, 12 carries, and, and he'll put up good value, but Shannon's offense, he likes to go with the hot hand. He likes to rotate these legs. So in fantasy, 49ers backfield is kind of not the greatest because there's always so many hands in the pot. You know, like you said, Gallman, I think he's going to be a PPR back, maybe give you some value there. Jeff Wilson Jr. last season was the goal line machine, touchdown machine, and he would hawk all the touchdowns. So you had Raheem go for 100 yards, but then Wilson's getting you touches. So it's messy. I really think Trey Sermon's going to rise to the top of that carry load faster than people expect because this guy's a hard-nosed runner. He's hard to tackle. He's perfect in Shanahan's scheme. They haven't had a running back like Sherman in a long time. He's very gritty, physical. Um, like I said, he's hard to take down. And he can just move those changes, turn those legs. And he's young with fresh legs. Raheem, 30 years old. You know, the way you look at this draft is, okay, they took Mitchell and Sherman, two young guys, whereas you have Raheem. He's in his 30s. He has one more year on his contract. He's probably out next season. Um, you got Jeff Wilson, who I love. Injuries, he signed a one-year deal. Will he be back? Who knows? Now they have an insurance policy with Mitchell. Mitchell's a fast guy. He's a utility guy, but I could see him kind of uh, moving up the chains. Next season, I think it's Sermon and, and Mitchell. you got to make sure you handcuff those two guys together. It's a good pair. Um, Gallman, like I said, some maybe some PPR value, value there. I really like Casey. The thing is, they're crowded. Who are they going to have to keep around, right? Is he going to make the cut? Will he make the practice squad? And he's coming off the tour like uh, – a broken uh, clavicle or sh- from last season, right? He had an injury that kept him out for the rest of the season. So he's still coming in, rehabbing. We don't know what his impact on the team is going to be. So if I really had to break down and look at this roster and pick one running back, I'm taking Trey Sermon because his carries will come to him. He's hard-nosed. He's ready to prove himself. I think this kid's up will get an uptick in production as the season goes by. And, you know, if Mostert's nursing any type of injury, if you already have them on your roster, everybody who's scouring the waiver wire for him is going to be like, oh, man, they could trade for you, offer you trades. He might leave. Honestly, Trey Sermon's a guy I think sleeper kind of pick that could win you league. I really think so. I agree. And last year showed us that uh, you can wait on rookie running backs. It's good. You know, I drafted 
Jonathan Taylor in a few leagues last year in like the third round, it's pretty expensive to wait on a rookie, right? And it worked out late in the season, and it panned out if the rest of the team was good. But Trey Sermon's going in like the eighth round. You're picking backups anyway. Why not pick a backup who week six, week four even – could start being that tank. Mm -hmm. And we saw last year Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor. These guys came on late and then just, you know, blew it out in the second half of the season. So Trey Sermon might be that guy as well. And, of course, we'll see what happens if and when uh, Jeff Wilson comes back as well. Okay, let's move on to the wide receivers. And primarily here, Debo. Samuel and Brendan Ayuk as well. I got another name to throw at you. It's more of just a, a fanboy name I want to talk to you about, see if you can give me any confidence, but I'll save that for a little mm-hmm. bit. But for, for fantasy, it's Debo Samuel and it's Brendan Ayuk. Um, Muhammad Sanu looks pretty good as well. I wonder if he'll be the number three coming in. We'll see what happens. But let's talk about Debo and, and, and Ayuk. Debo's going at 35 ECR, uh, ADP 37. Brendan Ayuk ahead of him at 10 spots in each of those. Uh, ECR 25 and ADP 27. Um, look, Debo's a truck when he's on the field, but the theme of the Niners is he can't stay healthy. Brandon Ayuk didn't really become Brandon Ayuk until week nine. Between week nine and week 15 yeah. last year, he was the number two fantasy receiver in points per game behind only uh, Devontae Adams. So, which again, which one are you confident in? Like, you know what style of receiver Debo is. You know, he's got an ADP of like 2.2 yards or something ridiculous, but he's great after the catch. He gets rushing opportunities, good red zone threat. Or do you want more of a deeper threat with Trey Lance coming in eventually with Brandon Ayuk? I mean, if I had to pick between them, you got to look at the Rockets and Brandon Ayuk, man. And I don't think he even scratched the surface last season. Last year, you had 60 receptions, 748 uh, receiving yards. Five touchdowns, that, and that's in 12 games. He missed a couple games. You know, he had COVID, the hamstring, and he was a rookie. First few games, he, you know, he's still getting his feet wet. And you got to remember, he played with three different quarterbacks exactly. throwing him the ball. You had C.J. Mullins and Jimmy. He didn't get sta- stable quarterback play. So this season, if they have stable quarterback play, and you can tell he's bulked up a whole year in the weight in the NFL weight room, watching all that film, sky's the limit. for. I think Ayuk is that breakout star type player. I love Debo, man, and he's so important to this team. As a Niner fan, you know he's going to be like the catalyst of the offense. He does a lot of the, you know, the, the end around. They play him like a running back out of the backfield, but the body takes a toll in that, and, you know, he knows he has to stay healthy. This is a big season for Debo. I think fantasy-wise, yeah, you go with Ayuk. He's your guy. you got to take him and, and make sure you roll it with him. He's going to be potentially a solid wide receiver, too. Like you said, last season, second half of the season, the guy was leading almost everybody in fantasy points, you know, so he was a solid player to add on your team down the stretch. I think he's going to continue where he left off as long as he can stay healthy. Debo's, as far as a player, he's important to the Niners' infrastructure on how they run their offense. You know, they, they scheme a lot of things for him. They throw him around in motion, and it creates so many mismatches, and it um, confuses a defense. But in terms of fantasy, overall value, you got to go with Brandon Ayuk. Um, and then you said – Wide receiver three, that's the big question. Who's going to take the reins? They lost Kendrick Bourne this offseason. You know, he got a big check in New England. Respect to him. I'm happy for the guy. But they really are searching for that third receiver. Will it be Mahasanu? He looks good right now in the offseason. But he is the vet. They have a lot of young guys that want to step up and take that role. 
Um, you know, you got Jalen Hurd, everybody that's a Niner fan and wants Jalen That's my Hurd guy. There. Can he even be – that's my boy, man. Everybody, if you're a Niner fan, you saw that Dallas Me too. Game, Finally. You're living, <laughs> off, you're living off that hype, man. You're living off the hype. Can't stay uh. healthy. ACL tear last season. Back injury the year before. I hope so. And then you got Juwan Jennings, who struggled through hamstring injuries last year. He looked pretty solid, you know. And then you got River Craycraft, who bulked up. And they got players out there. Richie James, really too. Step up and take the reins. But honestly, Richie James Jr., who's a spark plug, and I think he could be a solid player, good good Me contributor, too. good slot receiver. But fantasy wise, I don't think any of those guys are really going to have value unless Jalen Hurd comes in. I think he could be a dog. But then you got to remember on the other side, we still got the best, arguably the best tight end in the league, George Kittle. So you got to temper expectations on the wide receiver game. Again, they're a run first team. If I'm taking anybody, out of the wide receiver department, I'm going Brandon Ayuk. Yep, I agree. Debo Samuel, um, again, just 2.2 average depth of target. So everything he gets is down on the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, a uh, handful of those wide receivers. Now he's very good with the ball in his hands, um, but he runs – and George Kittle is the same dude. They run so violently yeah. with the ball, which is great because they're exciting. They get big plays. They make five-yard plays into 25-yard plays, uh, but they run so recklessly with their body, they end up getting injured. Unfortunately, Brandon Ayuk is one of my favorite young players in the league. Of course, we're biased as Niner fans, but I just think the kid's going to be a savage. Um, he led all rookie receivers last year in eight targets per game, uh, led all 49ers in targets with 96, and as you mentioned, only played those 12 games. Um, he had almost about 12 and a half yards per reception, which is much better than Debo. That's actually downfield. And as you mentioned, CJ Beathard, uh, Nick Mullins, neither one of them are you know, on the team anymore. And Jimmy Garoppolo, who may not be at the, at the trade deadline. So coming in with Trey Lance and having that rapport early in their career, hopefully for the next few years should be great. So, um, very excited about Brandon Ayuk. I do like Debo as well. Debo's got the, he's got like ninth round value right now. Great flyer. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk yeah. going in like the seventh round, I think that's that's my. I mean, getting him as a wide receiver three with you already have a couple running backs, that's a steal for me. And uh, the upside for him is is enormous. Yeah, that's huge. You can get him in the seventh round. That's a steal, man. But oh, even yeah. Debo, like said, in the ninth. And mm-hmm. I, again, I know he doesn't get a lot of yards on his initial catches, but it's after the catch. But you're absolutely right what you said about Kittle and, and Debo. They play so hard. They play because they they play that bully. You know, the, the yak guys, they get the yards after the catch. But that style takes a toll on the guy. So, and again, in fantasy, you want your players healthy and everything. Uh, I use the sickest uh, player on that, on that squad. Right there. I agree. And I, I told you I had a uh, I had a fanboy player that I wanted to bring up to you as the Niner guy to see if you got any love for him. And it was Jalen Hurd. I've been repping Jalen Hurd on this podcast for three years. Of course, he hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet. So <laughs> people outside of the Niner land don't even know who he is, yeah. I'm sure. But I've been uh, – you're right, riding the hype. Oh, I am man. definitely riding the hype. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, again, if he can stay healthy, I think he's he's going to be uh, another one of these guys who can, you know, take a screen to the house, mm-hmm. uh, deep threat. He's a big body. Um, I just hope he can – I'm just rooting for the kid, but I hope he can uh, – I'm stashing them on dynasty leagues just in case. So uh, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I'm glad to hear that a uh, you know a Niner insider has some love too because I feel like I'm just drinking my own Kool Aid here. Uh, but that that feels good. So okay, yeah, no, let's I'm, get I'm into super excited for him. Awesome, me too, man. All right, let's wrap it up here with yeah. my man George Kittle. So again, and it goes without saying at this point, but the only problem with George Kittle is what fans can't stay healthy. 
Um, played eight games, played eight games last year. He was on pace for 126 targets, 96 receptions, 1,268 receiving yards, but just four touchdowns. I made a note here on my sheet, and this is unfortunate because Julio Jones is one of my favorite players of all time, definitely in fantasy as well. I feel like George Kittle is the Julio Jones of tight ends. What I mean is the targets are there. The focus is there. The receptions are there. The yardage is there. The the looks in the red zone are there. He doesn't catch the touchdowns. If he caught Darren Waller's touchdowns, if he got Mark Andrews' touchdowns, he's he's Kelsey at least uh, because of what George Kittle can do after the catch. So again, we have a full house um, with Debo and Ayuk and, and Kittle. They only played three games together in 2020. Um, Kittle led in uh, targets in those three games together with 25. Debo had 19. Brandon Ayuk had 16. Um, and the target share, Kittle also leads the three in target share when they play together. 24% target share. Brandon Ayuk actually surprisingly was second ahead of Debo Samuel significantly. 23% target share and Debo Samuel down at 17 and a half. So D, uh, Brandon Ayuk actually was right behind Kittle, but far uh, ahead of Debo when all three of them play together. So Raj, let's uh, let's fantasize as fans for a second. <laughs> let's make up this, this fantasy world where all three of these guys actually play a season together. Um, do you think that affects George Kittle in fantasy at all? Obviously he's a top three tight end, but do you think with the other two guys on the field, it hurts George Kittle or do you think, like in Kansas City, there's Tyreek Hill, obviously, but Kelsey is kind of the focal point of the offense, at least for first downs. And do you think it's like that with Kittle too, or are they going to try to, you know, Trey Lance and put the ball downfield and then utilize Kittle for short range possession and maybe dumb his numbers down a little bit? How do you feel about George Kittle overall? And of course, he's an animal. But what do you think the impact of these guys now coming into year two with everybody, hopefully being healthy? Yeah, no, and he made some good points there. As far as George Kittle, again, we all know he's arguably one of the best items, not just because of what he does receiving after the catch. Like you said, he's a savage once he has the ball. Yak, the Yak King, he leads all receivers, tight ends, every position, and yards after the catch since, like, 2019. There's all this people pull him up. We all know. After he gets the ball in his hands, you can't take him down. You know, the Seattle play, enough said. Like, I think it actually helps him to have those guys. Like you said, they only played – three games together last season. The Yak bros really haven't had a chance to hit the field. I think it helps him because it takes pressure off him. Everybody keys in on him. Linebackers are going to key in on him. Safeties are going to key on him. When Ayuk's playing good, when I, Debo's in the play good, guess what? They have to focus on those guys to neutralize them. Then you got George Kittle, who I think is going to have a bigger year. And like you said, he's the Julio Jones of tight ends. 100%. That is like such a good analysis on Kittle because he doesn't score touchdowns. That's the knock on him. People always Waller, like people are ranking Waller over him because he doesn't score touchdowns. And again, I feel it's because Kittle sacrifices. He said it, you know, he sacrifices those stats for blocking in the run game. But I think this season, he's not going to have to block as much. You got Alex Mack in there. Last season, he was dropping back to help out in the run game. So our center position was ragged. We went through six centers. Hieronis Grasso, I can't even spell the man's name, was playing center. That's bad. You know, and, and the O-line was just going through people left and right. So I think because the line's going to be more stable, you can take Kittle off the line and then you can flank him out there and play so many, you know, make him be a more focal part of your team. And then if Trey comes in, he's your safety blanket. You're going to keep going to Kittle. And once you get those smart, small little plays, again, it's hard to take Kittle. He's going to take a five-yard play, a 10-yard play, make it 20, make it 30. And I think his touchdown numbers are going to increase. I just have a 
I have this feeling like he knows he needs to score touchdowns, and I think he's going to put that emphasis because he's training. Every year he trains crazy. I know he does. But I think his emphasis this season is to kind of take that next step as a player and get those touchdowns. Because remember, even back when Vernon Davis, former Niner tight end, was there his first few seasons, he wasn't a big touchdown guy. And then all of a sudden, they blew up in touchdown department. Sometimes it takes these guys some years to get those touchdown numbers. Um, I think Kittle will have a bigger year just because he doesn't have to spend his time blocking all day. As mm-hmm. long as Alex Mack is there, I think he can be a little bit more free out there. So I think Kittle, this is the year where you get 10 touchdowns. And um, those two guys being healthy will help Kittle get because they're going to take pressure. I mean, if Ayuk's out there and you're throwing it some 10 times a game, you better double up that boy. because. And then when you do, guess what? Kittle's going to be open right over the middle. It's going to be a dangerous office if everybody stays healthy. That's it. And then the play action, which is Sermon and Raheem and everything, it's going to be a beautiful thing. But the key is health, and you're right. George Kittle has to stay healthy himself. Debo, everybody, y'all got to stay healthy. Yeah, I agree. And it's uh, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back on George Kittle's career so far, and Debo was last year, but he was a rookie. It's like I'm starting to think of who was the dominant wide receiver for the Niners over the last few years when Kittle's been there. And – as far as the rest of the league's concerned, they haven't had one. So Kittle is that guy. So if Kittle's that guy, he's still dominated being doubled by a, a linebacker, chipped by an end. You bring in like a you know a strong safety or something to, to team up. So Kittle's getting double teamed over his career, still dominating when healthy. Now you get glimpses of Debo last year and Kittle goes off, but he's not scoring. Now if you get Ayuk, I agree with you. My only question is, is going to be if they run the ball so heavily that there's not enough volume to go around mm-hmm. that might kind of table everybody's fantasy output. But, you know, Shanahan yeah. was a monster with the Falcons because they had that type of offense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like th- they were going off with Matt Ryan and he was up for MVP in 2000 or got had the MVP, excuse me, 2016. And Julio was going nuts, of course. Yeah. 200, uh, you know, 200 targets for Julio Jones. I mean, it's insane. So, He's not afraid to throw the ball. I just think that like that's the style that they're playing, and maybe it's because of the quarterback. So if they have a player that can shift and make plays with his feet, he can throw the ball deeper downfield. Um, he's a little more accurate, uh, and he can improvise on the fly and move out of the pocket. Maybe they open the playbook a little bit more, run off the play action, and maybe they're a better version of the Titans potentially with skill players. And uh, I think the Niners, of course, again, I'm – you know, bias, but I really do think the Niners could could be nasty if they can stay healthy and and use that um, yeah. play action to to uh, their benefit if they're able to throw the ball downfield. All right, so we've we've ripped through all the the fantasy relevant player. Of course, there's a handful of deep, deep, deep sleepers and dynasty guys, but we're not going to dive into all of them right now. Um, Raja, I appreciate your time, man. Before you get out of here, uh, two things. First of all, is there anything else? fantasy relevant or not coming from Niner camp. Um, you know, any hype on, we were talking some of the coaches uh, pre pre show. Are there any, you know, coaching hype, maybe, you know, guys doing well in the clubhouse or uh, maybe some players, even if it's not fantasy relevant, defensive players, offensive line, anybody else you're hearing good reports of uh, to stoke us Niner fans at all coming out of camp. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, the team is just excited this year. You know, last season left a bad taste in their mouth and they're ready to come back and kind of prove themselves because they did fail and miserably last season, obviously, you know, you had all the injuries that piled up, but for them to go six and 10, 
is still pretty impressive with all the injuries. You got Nick Mullins they helped sweep, sweep the Rams, you know. So I think the consensus in the locker room is, hey, we're going to come back healthy this season and prove everybody that we were real in 2019 and it wasn't a fluke. Um, Nick Bosa's coming back. I don't know if you knew that. That's big time, man. I think I just it. having Nick Bosa back is going to be so amazing. I know it doesn't. nobody cares about that in fantasy world, but Nick Bosa back in, in the real world <laughs> is amazing. And Fred Warner, I can't say what I know, but let's just say there's good news on the horizon on Fred Warner. And, and he's going to have a huge season this year, the best Love linebacker it. in the league. He's going to prove it this season. He's 24 years old. Um, as far as coaching, they did hire uh, or promote D'Amico Ryan to the defensive yep. coordinator. I think that's going to change a lot. Of their, I think they'll be a little bit more aggressive in terms of defense because I know Salah wasn't a big blitz guy. I think they're going to implement the linebackers more in some blitzes. He was a linebacker coach before. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I just think the, the team is just excited to go out there and stay healthy, man. That's the key. And I think they know if they could stay healthy, the sky's the limit with this team. And then Trey Lance, Trey Lance's future is super bright. When he gets in, like you said, the ability for him to stretch the plays, have that mobility. But, you know, it's going to take time for him to hit his full ceiling. You know, it took Josh Allen a couple of years. Patrick Mahomes, he had to sit for a year. But when he finally gets in, this offense is going to be another level. When he finally hits all the pieces, man, and he's a smart kid, he's a young kid, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. And I think what we've seen over the offseason and how excited Kyle was with this guy, it's going to be an exciting offense in the future. I mean, I still think there'll be a solid offense this season with Jimmy at the helm. But, oh, man, when Trey's in there, it's going to be fun. And like awesome. you said, with Atlanta, they were putting up a lot of points, man. And I think this team can drop 30 points easily when everything's going right. So, And uh, as you know, Atlanta fans know too well, unfortunately, I don't want to hit a, a sore spot with them, but they didn't quite have the defense to back it. If the Niners, if the, if Bosa, you know, Fred Warner stays healthy, you, you know, our secondary is getting, getting nice too. Um, if we can apply that pressure and we can stay healthy on defense, our defense is nasty as well. Um, let's not forget, they were the best defense in the league just two years ago, and then everybody got hurt. So if they come back, and they're even 80% of 2019, plus the offense taking a big step, this division's insane. I mean, you and I obviously are going to pick the Niners, right? But we cannot we cannot sit here and say the Rams aren't a legit contender. The Seahawks are always a contender. And I don't think the Cardinals are on any of their levels yet. But A, the Cardinals can steal a game from any team in this division one-on-one. B, they could also rattle off a 10-7 and seven season or something like that, right? Like, this division is insane, bro. Yeah. Crazy. Looking forward stacked. to it. Um, any one of those teams can do damage, and they're going to beat each other up. By the time the playoffs come, they're going to be gassed out. The only thing I don't <laughs> like about the Cardinals, I think they have great talent. I'm just not – I'm just not sold on Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. I, I just am not. Seattle, like you said, they're always a contender. As long as they got Russell Wilson, that man yeah. puts him in position to win. And the Rams, you can't argue. As much as I, I can't stand the Rams, they get they win the games. They got the best defensive players. You got Ramsey and Donald. Man, those guys are amazing. So. And Stafford's a tremendous upgrade over, over Jared Goff. Raj, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you. Before we get out of here, please let all the TCK Potters know where they can find you. I know you're you're heavy on Instagram, uh, but let us know any avenues that you're on, man, so we can go and help and support. Yeah, 100%. So like I said, Instagram, um, OurSF49ers, same page on Twitter. Um, and then, like I said, I'm, I'm starting a YouTube soon. Eventually, it just takes so much time consuming. I got a full job. But yeah, Instagram, Twitter, look out for the YouTube, um, OurSF49ers. And there's more to come eventually, but those are the main avenues right now.
Awesome, Raj. I appreciate you, brother. We'll have to connect again real soon. TCK Potters, make sure you go check out yeah. Raj Mawani and all of his work on our O-U-R-S-F 49ers, 49ERS, our 49ers on Instagram and everywhere else. We'll have to get him back on and go check out. He does a lot of lives with our boy Smitty. We had him on a while back. He does a lot of lives as well. And we will continue this series with our division and team fantasy breakdowns. You can find me on Twitter at my name, Sky Guasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. Make sure you leave a rate and review anywhere you listen to the podcast. And please also make sure to subscribe, hit the bell, and leave a comment right here on how you feel about the 49ers heading into 2021 right here on YouTube. Shouts out to the Believe Podcast Network. Very proud to be a part of the squad. Make sure you give a rate and review there as well. It's always a pleasure. Bobby and I will be back with you for the rest of this week's breakdown. Episode 413 in the books, NFC West team preview for our San Francisco 49ers. For Raj Mawani, I am your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.